Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this podcast in which I am going to explain to you the 12 things that you must do, you must do once you've had an accident at work. Number one, first of all, the most important, focus on your injury. Forget any accident claim that may be brought in due course. Focus on you. Get yourself better. Um, find the first aider in your workplace or summon them from somebody else. There ought to be a first aid box. If you've got a head injury, please take particular care because the decisions that you're making at this time could be completely flawed. If someone recommends you go to hospital or if you want to go to hospital, go. If you need an ambulance, take one. There's no shame at all in seeking an ambulance to take you to hospital in the event of a significant injury in the workplace. Number two, tell your colleagues that you've had an accident. They may be working in a noisy environment and maybe nobody has seen that you've suffered an injury. Make sure that people, particularly people that you trust, are aware of what's happened to you so that they don't get injured themselves, but also that they can record it in the accident book if nobody else will do so. It's absolutely imperative that an accident that's happened to you does not happen to anyone else in your workplace. That would be ridiculous. Number three, make sure your manager knows. There's bound to be protocols in your workplace that you must follow when there's been an accident at work. Follow them. Disciplinary action against you or others may take place if you do not follow the protocols, even when you have suffered an injury through no fault of your own. In due course, you may want to ensure that the health and safety executive are involved in the accident uh, post-accident reconstruction and investigation to ensure that it does not happen again. The health and safety executive usually gets involved when injuries are particularly severe or of a particular type. Remember, if your manager says to you that in, in his or her opinion the accident was entirely your fault or partially your fault, it is not quite gospel. They are not lawyers, nor are you. If you need to take legal advice, take legal advice. But at this stage in time, just ensure that your manager is aware of the accident. Number four, as I've already alluded to, ensure that somebody records the accident in the accident book and that the circumstances of the accident are correctly recorded. I've lost track of the number of times where an accident book entry is completely erroneous, flawed, false, deliberately false, just to cover up what an employer has done. Many employers have targets in their workplaces for zero accidents at work and brag about it. It's often ludicrous when this happens because I know of these workplaces where accidents do occur, but the accident book is not properly recorded. If you think that the accident book won't be recorded, do email in to your managers the accident circumstances explaining in great detail what has happened to you. In fact, it could become a resignation issue if the accident book is not properly filled in. Number five, if you can, get photographs and or video of the accident location and your injuries. Treat it a little bit like a crime scene, your own CSI. Remember that this opportunity to take uh, documentation, documentary evidence of the accident location will not be there for much longer. Many employers want to clean up any blood, etc. And as well that they often want to change an accident locations so that it does not appear that the employer has been negligent. No personal injury solicitor will ever be annoyed with you if you've taken too much evidence because you cannot take too much evidence. So if in doubt, gather evidence. Your lawyers will love you for it and it will assist your claim in due course. Number six, if you can, involve a reliable colleague. When accidents at work happen, particularly if you're off work for a long period of time, 
It's important that you've got someone on the inside who's your friend who's fighting your corner. Very often, incidents that have occurred when someone's then off sick are not properly dealt with because the employee is there not fighting their own corner. So if you've got a friend at work, keep in touch with them and make sure that your voice is heard in any accident investigation. Number seven, very important, you must diarise your symptoms. This means that you must record on paper or on a phone or tablet exactly how you feel, how the accident has impacted upon your physical health, on your mental health, etc. Remember, an accident claim may take many, many years to come to a conclusion, particularly in serious injury cases. And if you don't write down um, the feelings that you've had, the nightmares that you've had, um, the inability to move some of your uh, parts of your body, then you may well forget it. And your claim may be reduced in value if you've not recorded your symptoms properly. Number eight, go to the GP and the hospital if you need to go. If in doubt, just go. This is well after the event. Protect your case. Make sure that the medical experts who are treating you write down exactly what has happened to you. Spell it out to them very clearly. Because what is written down by GPs and nurses and doctors can have a huge impact upon your case in due course, as well as, well as your own treatment. Number nine, I hope this doesn't need to take place, but you may need to lodge a grievance with your employer if you don't think that the accident itself has been treated as it should be and that the workplace hasn't become safer as a result of what has happened to you. To write a grievance, you may need to contact ACAS or contact one of my employment lawyers. That will give you some advice as to how to do it. Number 10. This is highly important for bringing your claim. You must record your financial losses and any care and assistance that you've had. It's quite easy for us lawyers and for yourself to write down and work out precisely how much wages and perhaps bonus and commission that you've lost looking back at previous employment data. However, it's things such as any holidays that you've been on which have been ruined, any care and assistance that have been given by friends and family, and parking charges at hospital and the like, which are easily missed when your lawyer asks for this information years down the line. So record your losses as they occur, put them on a smartphone, take a photograph of their receipts. Number 11, you may wish to make a subject access request. You might wonder what such a thing is. A subject access request is a request under the Data Protection Act 1998, essentially for all information that an employer may have about you. You can ask for all emails in which you're mentioned, you can request your personnel file and your occupational health file. Normally you need to send £10 in to your employer and they've generally got 40 days to reply. By obtaining a subject access request, you might find out a lot more about the accident and how perhaps there have been other accidents. Very useful information. It's not always required that a subject access request is made, but you won't usually find yourself in a worse position for having made one. And finally, most importantly, and I would say this, wouldn't I, obtain a proper personal injury solicitor, someone who's dealt with injuries and accidents like yours before. Just become someone is a solicitor does not mean that they know all there is to know about accident at work claims. Accident compensation is hugely complicated. I can tell you if I put five personal injury solicitors in a room and give them one accident to work scenario, you may well get five different answers. 
but at least you've got five different answers from five personal injury solicitors who know what they're talking about. Do not use a claims management company at all. There's absolutely no need to use one and ensure that the person dealing with your case is not a paralegal. If you want a no-win, no-fee agreement, you might as well get for the best. So thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. If you need any more help, contact me, Andrew Gray, at andrewg at truthlegal.com. Thank you. Thank you.